0: Alright, thank you, Eunice. How are you guys? Good. Come on, get excited. I need somewhere to put my Bible. I'm gonna put it right here. I don't like being all up there because I, I want to see your faces. I like I like making eye contact when I preach. And when I look at you, what I'm what I'm talking about, I'm not like some people when I preach and I look at them, they feel like he's talking about me. I'm not, you know. I just like making eye contact, and so if I make eye ta- eye contact with you, don't get, you know, don't get freaked out. Um, yeah. My name is Caleb. Uh, yeah. I'm the campus pastor of New Philippe, Busan, That's my wife back there, Mina, with my fr- uh, my uh, my son Ethan. And uh, we we came out today to really minister to you guys. I'm excited to be here. Who's excited to be here? All right. I'm excited to be here because I'm a very old man. I'm old, man. You guys don't understand. My 20th high school reunion was this year. I'm not kidding, dude. And I, I, I was looking on Facebook at some of the, the girls that I went to school with. And man, they looked old. I was like, man, I don't look that bad. But I'm old, man. I'm fo- I turned 40 this year. Okay, my birthday is October 21st. I turned 40. Some of you guys have parents that are 40. Who has parents that are forty? Somebody Yeah, I know it. I could be your dad. <laughs> Alright? I wanna know I wanna kinda of get a gauge of your age, right? right? So who who's like who's young in here? Who like who was born in nineteen ninety? Nineteen ninety is old? Ninety four. I graduated high school in ninety four. You guys are crazy, man. Who, so like, who was born 95? Wow. 96? 97? Oh, snap! 97 it was like, oh! Man, you guys are so young. You guys are beautiful. And you know, I, I, our, our theme is Maranatha, Our Lord Come, and, uh, I'm going to unpack this word more and more as we, you know, probably tomorrow as I preach tomorrow. But tonight I have a word specifically, specifically for you guys. And it's a word that I got. I went to Sydney this year to Hillsong Conference. Who, who's been to a Hillsong Conference? Right, I went to Hillsong Conference this year. I saw a guy named Jensen Franklin preach. And he did this, this illustration and he gave this word. And as I was hearing it, I was like, man, Emmaus needs to hear this, right? And, I, and as I, as I left, the the arena that day, God put a word on my heart for Emmaus. And I it's weird because I live in Buzan. There's no Emmaus students in Busan. Okay? I'm very far from all of you young hipsters. You guys are all hip and you know. I'm really far from that, right? All you fleekers and I don't even know what fleeking is. The first time I heard somebody use the word fleek, immediately Holy Spirit said, Hey man, don't even try to figure it out, man. It's like like you're too old to know what fleek is, right? But, like, I'm really far from Emmaus. I don't get, I don't, I don't see you guys on Sunday. I don't, I don't, you know, really have an a, a opportunity to, like, interact with you guys. So it was weird when God put this word in my heart for Emmaus specifically. I was like, man, I'm supposed to preach this to Emmaus. But when Rona emailed me, I knew exactly why God put this word on my heart. And the word comes from 1 Samuel. If you have, have your Bible open your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 3. Samuel is considered, he's the last of the judges, and he's the first of the great prophets. I'll turn off my phone, on vibrate. And samuels uh, he's a great man. Everybody in Israel knew who Samuel was. First Samuel 3.20 says right after, this is a, we're going to read a passage, but right after that it says, all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. And he was a big deal. He was, he, he, he was like, everybody knew Samuel. But at, the, but, at the same time, Samuel, before he became this great man, he was, he was a boy. He was a child. Okay, he was actually a very peculiar child because his mom okay, his mom his name is Hannah her name is hannah uh, she couldn 't have a kid okay, there was a, her samuel 's dad 's name is Elkanah, and he had two wives back then you could have two wives i don 't know how he did it because I have one wife and it 's very hard right <laughs> He had two wives one, one of them name was panina Pen, and, and one was Hannah Panina was able to have a lot of kids right. And Hannah could not have a lot of kids. She couldn't have any kids. And so Hannah would cry to the Lord. You know? She would pray, and she's like, Lord, give me a child, give me a child. And then her husband would come and say, like, don't worry, you know? like, I love you. You're the one I love. You know? I cherish you. But still, she's like, I, I want a child, I want a child. So she goes to, to the temple, and she's praying, and she's seeking the Lord. And then Eli, okay, Eli is there in the temple, and she th- he thinks she's crazy. Right? She thinks she's drunk. He's like, this drunk woman is, is at, at the church, you know, like praying. Cause she was praying, and her mouth was moving, but no words were coming out. And what what she prayed that night was that if God would give her a child, that she would she would devote this child to the Lord. She would consecrate this child to the Lord. And so all of a sudden Hannah gets pregnant, and she's like, "Man!" And then she has Samuel, and Samuel was born. And then and then they're all about to go to the temple, and then she Hannah's like, "You know what? I'm not going to go yet. I'm going to breastfeed my child." Okay. Alright, you know, mom's breastfeed. Uh, I'm gonna breast it's called it's called you know, I'm gonna, you know, nurse my child until I wean him, until he stops nursing, and then I'm gonna take him to the temple. I'm gonna dedicate him to the Lord. And so after after Hannah finishes like like you know, all of the you know the boob things, <laughs> she she takes him to the and then she just she gives him to Eli. He's like, You remember me? Remember me that one day when you thought I was drunk? In church, but you know what? I, I that day I I, I prayed to the Lord, and I I, I asked the Lord for a child, and this is a child that He gave me. I'm naming him Samuel, and I'm gonna give him to the Lord. I want you to raise him. And so Samuel, okay, like he like from the age of like he was like about Ethan's age, because Ethan just got weaned like a couple of months ago. He's raised in the church. He's raised in the temple. He grows up in the temple. And this is where we lay out. It says now the boy Samuel. Let's read with me. To chapter 3, says, Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent visions. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I didn't call I didn't call you. Lie down again. So he went and laid down. And the Lord again called Samuel. Lord again called Lord called again Samuel, sorry. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel yet again the third time and he arose and went to Eli and said here I am for you call me then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy therefore Eli said to Samuel go lie down and if he calls you you shall say speak Lord for your servant hears so Samuel went and lay down in his place and the Lord came and stood calling at a, calling at another time calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel said, speak for your servant, servant hears. And the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which two, at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Now, you guys, that's the picture that I want to set. But right now I want to do something peculiar and I'm going to play something for you guys. Okay. And now if you can hear this, I want you guys to raise your hand. Okay. You guys hear that? Are you serious? Yeah. Can you guys hear this? You guys hear it? Alright. So so that right there is 17.4 kilohertz is a frequency of a mosquito. There's a bunch of mosquitoes in here, right? It's a frequency of a mosquito. Okay? That mosquito right now is playing a frequency of 174 kilohertz. They call it the, they call it the mosquito teen deterrent. In England, there are all these ruffian, little teenage kids running around this, this shop, this like really expensive record store shop. And, and they, and they didn't want to like kick the kids away because it would cause them bad press. And so what they did is they made this, this guy made a machine that could play this sound on their loudspeaker. And all the kids your age could hear it, but the adults couldn't because this sound, when you turn about 26, 27, Around 30 years old, you can't you you can't hear the sound anymore. I can't hear it. <laughs> like when you say you could hear, it, I, I I I think you're lying to me because I can't hear it. Right at 30, you lose the ability to hear the sound. Okay, my wife can't hear the sound. Pastor Christian, he can't hear the sound. We were at his house one time. we were playing this. He's like, I don't hear it. <laughs> and, and and it was it was great for the record store because they can like get rid of the kids without really like getting rid of the the old people that was going to really pay money and buy things at the store because they couldn't hear it. for them, it was just fine. But the young kids would hear this and it it would drive them crazy and they would walk away. And the reason why I did it is there are frequencies that you can hear only when you're young. When you're old, you can't hear it. And there are things that we can hear from the Lord only when you're young. I'm not saying that old people don't hear from the Lord, okay? Old people can hear from the Lord. But there are things of the Lord that are time sensitive, okay? There are things that God wants you to feel, experience, dreams that He wants to establish in you, and you can only hear it when you're young. There are things that we can hear from the Lord only when we're young. And God is very interested in people your age. Growing up, I always thought that the grown-up service was important. And all of the young kids, we were all cra- like packed into the smaller rooms, you know, high school, college, and it was just a it, just a time for us to pass the time while all the holy stuff was happening in the grown up service. Okay, but you see, God is old; he's he's the oldest, right? God is the oldest man, but there is no like there's no other person or a thing older than God. But you see, God is young at heart, and He's the one that makes all things new. The creativity of youth. I believe it's a sign of God's youthful heart as the ultimate creative. Young people, you guys are so creative. The way you dress, the things you like. When you leave a kid, when you leave a child, left to their own devices, they are the most creative people on the face of the earth. I used to teach kindergarten. I was give like, on my lazy days, I would give them a a bunch of blank pieces of paper, like, draw something, be creative, while I watch YouTube over here. And then they would go and draw things, and then it was funny because there were like four girls, and they weren't sitting by each other, but they would—they all ended up drawing the same thing. They would draw a girl with a round face and hair, hair coming out this way, one eye winking. And I was like, man, how do y'all do that? How do y'all draw the same thing without looking at each other? And I—I I realized is that they all took this art class in, in their in their by their hogwands, and and then some uncreative woman taught all taught them all that this is how you draw a girl. And so, so to them, every time they drew, they drew the same face, right? But there was one girl yet, and she did not take this class. And when I give her this paper, she would have the most creative. Like she liked dinosaurs, and she would have like dinosaurs, like at the ice cream shop, like on on roller skates with a bow, you know, like and then and and like one of those like like gymnastic twirly things. It would be so creative. And I would like, like, how do you think of that? And she's like, I just do. I like dinosaur. I like to draw. And I was like, thank you. And that raw, unadulterated creativity is a reflection of God's creativity and His youthful spirit. God is young at heart. He's not stagnant. He's fresh. And like I said, God is interested in young people like you. I feel mean, like God, if He had it His way, church would be more focused on young people. Because it says in Matthew 18.3, Truly I say you, unless you turn and become like children... You will never enter the kingdom of heaven. God gets excited about young people. And I believe that God gets excited about young people because you guys are fresh. You guys are fresh out the box. Who loves new shoes? I love new shoes. Right? That smell, like, in the box, and it still has the paper inside. And You take it out, oh, and you know, like, man, like, these have never touched the ground. There's so much potential in this. There's no scruffs or marks. Even the side part, the side is all white and clean. And, and that's how God sees you. He, he sees you as fresh. You guys haven't been weighed down and, and jaded by the stress and the problems of this world. You know, your, your biggest problem is finals. Oh! Or, or does she like me? Oh. See, you got to understand, I'm not talking down at you. I'm talking up at you. You guys have to understand how special and important this time is. And I'm sure some of you guys have been through some stuff, okay? I'm not saying that you guys haven't been through some stuff. But let me tell you, you guys are resilient. More resilient than you guys think you are. You guys can bounce back. You see, you're closer to that age where you look at the world and think, I can do that. I can do anything. Ethan, right now, he, he thinks he can do anything. The other day, we, he sleeps in his room. And up to this point, he sleeps in a crib. We put him to bed. And he wakes up in the morning. And he cries. Ah, oh, because he can't get out of the crib. And me and Mina, we're, 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 this is like last week. We're sleeping. And all of a sudden, he's like. And Mina's like, oh, did you go get him? I was like, no, I didn't get him. He's like, stop lying. I was like, no, I didn't get him. Ethan, how'd you get here? He's like, No. <laughs> And then she's like, no, don't, stop lying. Did you, did you go get it? I didn't get him. I was sleeping. It's your job. You're supposed to go get Ethan. That's not really her job, but she you know, she does it. <laughs> and then what happened was we told Ethan, we put him back in the crib. It's like, Ethan, how would you get out of the crib? And he got up and he started putting his foot up and he get horizontal. And we're like, oh, stop it right now. <laughs> up till a week ago, that was like this insurmountable wall that he could not get past it was like this thing like like, like it is like you know like there's something that you know you can't do you know what i mean like you look at you look like you look at mount i look at mount everest It's like i cannot climb that some of you think you can me personally i know i can't right but it was like mount everest to all of a sudden he does it and then today we were at Pastor Anita's house and he took a nap in in olivia's bed same crib mina puts him down closes the door Walks over to the bathroom, turns around, and he already opened the door. Is walking out. He's like, how would you get out of the crib so fast? <laughs> and, and right now, to him, he could do anything. But you guys are closer to that age than I am. And God loves that about you. The truth is, God made young people with an innate ability to believe. That's why Jesus said that we have to be like children in order to enter the kingdom of God. Right now, Ethan, he, he thinks he can do anything. And that, You know, that's not good, that, and he, God gives children parents so that they don't do whatever they want. But right now, if I pick him up and I say, you're flying, he believes he's flying. And you guys are closer to that age. And God's like, I can speak to them when their hearts are fresh and moldable. I can speak to them now. And I can, I can plant, if, if they listen to me now, I can plant a dream in their heart that says that they can end human trafficking. And they, they're actually crazy enough to believe that they can. That's why God loves people your age. You guys are volatile. You guys are flammable. You know that? You guys make, like, you know, like, with the, with the right spark, you guys can catch fire. And burn so quickly with so much force that this world can turn upside down. Revolutions were started by people your age. And you guys feel more. You know that? I believe that younger young young people, you guys feel more than us. Right now, I I use Ethan as an example a lot when I preach. When I take away right now, he has a little toy named Amber. He's like a little ambulance. The pink. It's a girl. We took him to the store, and and my friend Diddy said, "Pick whatever you want," and he picked Amber, and I was like, "No." <laughs> but then I don't want to give him a complex. I was like, "All right." And then right now, it's like his favorite toy, Amber, Amber, Amber. <laughs> Plays with it every day. But when I take Amber away, he cries like I stole, like like somebody died. He feels so much. He's like, Oh ah! <sighs> He feels. So much, because right there, it's like the end of his world. And that raw, intense emotion, you guys are closer to that than us old folks. Some of you guys are very quiet. You guys don't say much. And growing up, it's because you guys don't feel anything. But the truth of the matter is, it's because you guys feel too much. And you guys say, get over it. But you can't because you feel too much. And that raw emotion left unchecked can lead to depression, to drug abuse. But in the right hands, he can turn it into compassion for the law That could turn this world around. That is why God loves people your age. He wants to speak to you. He wants to deposit things in you that can only be ingested now in your youth. When you're still fresh, when you're still volatile enough to take it, And take what God's giving you and start to burn with it. You still have that area in your heart and in your mind that dreams dreams. I'm not talking about dreaming when you sleep at night. I even do that. But I'm talking about dreams. Like I can do that. I can be that. I can change that. I'm going to end that. And I'm not saying old people can't dream dreams because in Joel 2.28 it says old men will dream dreams in those days. But being young, you guys have a better chance of your dreams becoming a reality. Because as we get old and we have dreams, it it comes with a whole lot of skepticism and cynicism and responsibilities. But when God plants a dream in you when you're young, your chances of reaching that dream is much higher. You know, in New Philly, we have a, a core value. It's called dream big. And I'm here to tell you that God has amazing big dreams for you. If you would just listen to him. You know, I do this thing. When I teach kindergarten, I, we'd have gym time. And then I would make them do stretches. And then, they, you know, like they're like seven-year-old Korean. So they're like six-year-old American. They're they're young. You know, their, their exercise is just like, ta-da. And I, at the end, I would, I've, I've used this example so many times, but I, I would make them like, I would make them stretch. they go, you know, and I would put my hand like this. And I would say, touch my hand. And they'd be like, uh, and then some of them just wouldn't try. They'd be like, I can't do it. Sorry. But then there are some, that, they'd get on their tippy toes. they like, uh, and then you can see their belly button all like, you know, because their shirt's all riding up like, uh, and then they're just like, reaching so hard and they're like so close and all i have to do is just lower my hand a little bit and they think that they grew they think that like stretching made them taller But that's what god is with our dreams he wants us to have he wants us to stretch he wants us to be like oh i can't do this without you if i if i try and i i'm gonna fail, i'm gonna fall on my face but with you i could do it i could do it God loves that about you guys. Before all that skepticism and cynicism gets sets in, before all the weight and the stress and the responsibilities of life come crashing down on you, you have to hear it now. It's for you now, for you to listen. Ecclesiastes 12. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth before the days of trouble come. God loves reaching and connecting with you guys. I want to give you an example. There's a King David. You guys know King David. What did he do? He killed Goliath. He became king of Israel. The, the, the greatest king. And he was a man after God's own heart. But do you think that somebody taught him how to be, beat Goliath? Do you think that someday, one day, he's like, Hey, if you ever face a giant, have some stones on you and a sling. And then you just start, you just hit him right here. And then he's going to fall and then you go chop off his head. You think somebody taught him how to do that? You think somebody taught him how to be king? How to be a warrior king and take his armies out and defeat the armies of, of, of whoever that came against him? You think somebody taught him that? No. David became the actual king of Israel when he was 30. But when he was 25, Samuel came to his house. Looking like as God told him, you know what? The next king of Israel is in this house, house of Jesse. And all of Jesse's sons came out. They're all good, tall, good looking. Yeah. This one is a, he's, he's a, he's a warrior. God says, no, that's not him. That's not him. That's not him. And last, they're like, well, there's one more. He's out in the field tending the sheep. His name is David. He's like, go get him. And David comes. And God's like, you know what? That's the one. Anoint him with oil right now. That's when he is 25 years old. But do you know where? All of that got established in his heart. You know where that intimacy with the Lord, realizing that that whoever comes against the armies of Israel, that God is greater. You know where all that happened was out in the, in the wilderness when he was a youth, when he was young, when he was in his teens, and he was he was he was playing his heart. When tra la la, God, you're so great, <laughs> and he's meditating on the word of the Lord. Says in Psalms, he meditated on it day and night. That's where all that came from. So when this army of Philistine, like this Philistine army comes against him and there's this huge giant going like, he doesn't have to think, nobody taught him anything. It was a courage that came up from confidence in the God that he knew. And he's like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that comes against the armies of God? And he goes, he knocks him out and he chops off his head. And he goes on and he he starts leading the armies of Israel into battle and he just pairing people up is because of the intimacy that he had with the Lord when he was young. God deposited in him when he was your age. He loves, he loves to encounter people in their youth. It starts when you're young. There's other people. Joseph, he was young, gets sold off into slavery by his brother. But he, God deposited something in him. Queen Esther. She wasn't like 30. She was young. The prophet Jeremiah considered to have started his ministry in his late teens. Mary, the mother of Christ. These are all young people where God encountered them in their youth. I want to talk to you about the disciples. When I was young, I used to think the disciples were old. Because they all had beards and wore these long robes. Remember in VBS, you would look through this like, oh yeah. Like Peter, he looked like he was like in his 40s, maybe in 50s. But the disciples were young. They were young. They're probably less than 20 years of age. In Matthew 17, Jesus, you know, he, he's going to Capernaum. And then this tax collector says, does your teacher pay the temple tax? The, the two drachma tax. This is like a temple tax that all Jews above the age of 20 had to pay. And then Jesus asked Peter, Peter, okay, does the king ask for for taxes from his his sons or from other people? And Peter's like, well, from other people. And then Jesus is like, well, then that means that the sons don't have to pay. But because I don't want to offend anyone, and Jesus is gangster. He's like, I want you to go and go catch a fish in the river. Go go, go catch a fish. And the first fish you catch, you're going to open this mountain. There's going to be a, a shilling in there. Shilling is four drachmas. And you're going to take that, and you're going to pay the tax for you and me. And when I see that, I Peter was probably over the age of twenty, right? Matthew, who was a tax collector, was probably over the age of twenty, but he could probably pay his own way. You know what I mean? mean, He probably made some money. It makes me feel like all of the other disciples, majority of them, were under the age of twenty. They were young. James and John's brother, their brother, sons of Zebedee. Okay, they, he, Jesus calls them the sons of thunder, probably because they were loud and bold. But they had a mother that came to Jesus and it's like, Jesus, I want, I want uh, my sons to sit on, 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 on your side, one on your left and one on your right. When I see that, I see a mom. Like, moms don't do that to 40, 50 year old men, right? My mom's not gonna go up to Pastor Christian and say, Pastor Christian, I want you to. I want. I want Caleb to be a campus pastor. No, it makes just that. Like these 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 disciples were young. What I'm trying to say is that Jesus didn't choose a bunch of mature, educated, career scribes to be his disciples. But he chose young men, fishermen from Galilee, and he used them to flip this world upside down. God loves to encounter young people. Young people. He sees the potential in your youth, the rawness of your emotion, your ability to believe and to be bold. And he's speaking to your generation now. He's speaking loud and he wants to be heard. Jeremiah 29, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And He's calling for you. He has dreams for you. Samuel, when, he, when, 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 when God was calling him and, and Eli, I mean, he couldn't hear because he was old, man. But he called Samuel. Why? Because he had, he had a calling for him. Remember that the whole thing with his mom? He had a calling on his life. God called him in his youth to tell him, man, this is your calling in life. You're going to be great. All of Israel is going to know who you are. And God is trying to get your attention. He wants to be heard. But so many times, the voice of the Lord it gets drowned out. By Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. I don't even know what Snapchat is. <laughs> and Satan knows how important your age is. You know that? He's out to distract you and lead you astray as much as he possibly can. And in the age of information, young people grow up so quick with pornography, sex, drugs, rock and roll blasted in their face 24 hours a day. It's at the tip of their fingertips when I was young, getting pornography was very difficult. It wasn't easy like you guys, you guys had. It was hard, man. Was like one magazine getting passed out, passed around. All my friends. Like, I, I'll get it once every three months. Pornography is bad, you guys. <laughs> but now young people, anytime they want to see it, it's, it's in their pocket. And all of this, is, it makes, it's so hard for young people to hear the Lord. The enemy's plan seems to be working because at at the age bracket, your age bracket is the hardest age bracket to keep in the church. By hundreds of thousands every year, as they go off to college, young people, not not only do they stop going to church, but they become the greatest critic against the church. And it's because when they were young, they were taught a religion and not led to hear and encounter the true and living God. The person of Jesus Christ. Because when you do hear the Lord when you're young, it will radically change your life. Well into your adulthood. Now some of you guys have great dreams and great visions. You guys have great callings upon your life. But don't let what you want to be drown out what God is saying that you are. Because listening to God may not necessarily change your future and your dreams and your visions but it can radically change how you get there and it will radically change how you will be when you get there now, i want to give you an example of somebody that heard a voice when they were young and it's pastor christian who knows pastor christian that dude became a christian when he wasn't like when he was 6 years old his mom is a woman of god Taught him the Lord. And dude, that guy never messed up in his life. I know his testimony, man. That is the the keeping power of the Lord on his life. But you know what? God deposited dream. God deposited things in his heart. Like amazing things in his heart. When he was young, when he was in in high school, when he was in college, he used his mentors. God used his mentors to deposit things in his heart. And now as he's in his almost turning 40 It's starting to bear fruit. You guys are are that fruit. But it started out when he was young. New Philly as a community. You know what? When New Philly started, it was young people. Pastor myung was like 21, 22. You know Pastor Marcus? You guys know Pastor Marcus? I thought it was like 23 when he started coming. And and, and when he became a, a... an intern pastor. They were young, but they heard the voice of the Lord when they were young. And it resounded in them. Deposit dreams in them. And God is calling out for you guys to hear, listen to Him. Sorry. You know, I have a testimony. When I was young, I encountered God powerfully. I, be, I, I say that I got saved 12 times because every, every, every VBS, I would go and I would do the sinner's prayer. Dear Lord, I accept you into my heart. Please become my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Because I always thought I didn't get it right. Every year. But then somewhere in high school, man, God encountered me powerfully. And I started going, like, like I went to a Presbyterian church, but God, like, 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 radically, like, changed my, gave me the gift of tongues. I, was, I would go to vineyard and I'd pray. Oh, we would have prayer meetings at church, before church. These are high school kids, man. We'd get together, we'd pray in tongues, and would tr- Pray that like legs would grow out. When you when I was 17 years old, and God put a dream. My dad, my grandfather used to tell me, "My name's Chinwon in Korean. It's like Chinwonando. You're gonna become a pastor because you're good looking and you're the oldest son. I don't care what all your cousins become, but you 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 gonna you gonna be a pastor for for the Lord. My dad, my grandfather was a a man of God, and he would tell me that all the time. You're gonna be a pastor. You're gonna be a pastor. You know." I was the oldest son in my dad's side. Oldest grandson. He said, you're going to be a pastor. And that resonated in me. And and, and I went to Biola. I wanted to become a pastor. I wanted to become a missionary. I wanted to do things for God. And all of a sudden, I I, I rebelled. I had a season of rebellion. Because I was surrounded by Christians all the time. And all of this hypocrisy. And I said, you know what? I don't want anything to do with this. And I did. I did everything. Like, I ran from God. I, 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 I... I bolted. I booked. I said, you know what? I believe in you, Jesus, but I don't care right now. And I started doing drugs. I started doing all these bad things. You know, drugs are bad. <laughs> don't do drugs. And, and, and my life started to fall apart. And I used to, I used to steal money. I used to steal cars. And then one day, I, I got into this high-speed pursuit. On the tri- I had a stolen car and all this drugs in my and I, I crashed the car and I ran from the police. Dude, dude, I came out in the news. I came out on Fox News and the Korean news because I was Korean. <laughs> and I, I ran and I, I I was hiding in this in, in, between this dumpster and this wall. I like I, I like oh, and then the the canines came and they caught me. Took took me to jail. I went to prison for four years. And in four years they're like you know what you're not an American citizen. I'm gonna kick you out of the country. And I was like what? Even then I did not. Feel the fear of the Lord. And I came to Korea in 2007. I was broken, man. I was lost. I was depressed. I didn't think I had a future. I I, I was messed up. I, I can't. And the first Sunday, it was it was May, I think it was May 16th of 2007. I came to JSCM, It was New Philly back then. And I was all dark because I used to, you know, in prison you play basketball a lot. How dark. <laughs> Everybody looked at me weird. My cousin was going there. And so, like, I, and then my, my aunt, she's a scary woman. And she said, you got to go to church. And I said, all right. <laughs> and then and I always thought my cousin was going to tell on me. So I went to church. And then within that year, God started to slowly, like, woo my heart back to him. And he started to remind me of the things that he deposited in my heart when I was young. when When my heart used to burn. And I remember, I, I, was in, I was in the car with my wife back then, and Pastor Anita, and we were in the church band, and, and they were talking about the tongues. And I said, you know, I don't believe in tongues, because I had it when I was young, but I don't have it anymore. And, the, and they said, you know what? Holy Spirit is a person. And if you stop talking to a person, do you think that person is going to talk to you right away? And I said, no. And then that night I, started, I went to a prayer meeting. It was like, back then it was a joint prayer meeting, and I was, I was praying, and God was leading my heart. He was like, He was like, you know what? Like, 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 I'm real, man. You know I'm real. And I started praying. I was like, "Oh Lord," and blah, 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 blah. And my life started to change. I, and, and I remember nobody knew, like, my my Nobody knew I went to prison. Nobody knew I had this crazy testimony in, in church. And when Pastor Christian became the pastor, I, I emailed. Like, God was telling me, like, you know what? There's a ceiling right now over you. There's a ceiling. No matter how hard you try to come after me, there's a ceiling. You have to tell people your past, and that scared the stuff out of me. They're <laughs> like, "God's telling me, man, you gotta, you gotta tell your church what you did and where you're coming from. They got you gotta tell them your history." And I was like, "No, God." They're gonna judge me. They're gonna—they're going think I'm—they're gonna think I'm crazy, man. When I was at church, I would never walk by the offering basket because in my mind, I thought they were gonna accuse me that I stole something. But <laughs> like I would see it, and I'd be like, man, why are they leaving that lying around like that, man? I don't even want to go back there, man. I, I was scared, man. And 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 in my heart, God's telling me like, you know what? There's a ceiling. You need to break past If you break past it, I'm, you, you know what? I'm going to show you who I am. I, I emailed Pastor Christian. was like, you know what? I want to tell my testimony. He's like, well, what is your testimony? Stupid mosquito. I, I emailed him my testimony. He's like, whoa. I think you should tell your testimony. So I went up in church, and I, I said my testimony. And I was like, man, I did. And I told him everything, all the horrible things. I, I did some horrible things, guys. And as I was saying this, like it's like, scales came off of me. It felt like, you know how Paul, when he, when, when, when he gets converted and, and, and scales come off of us, that's what it felt like. It felt like like glass was just coming off of me and all this shame and every like, like crappy thing that Satan had tried to put on me just started to fall off of me. My life got transformed. It was my healing and deliverance right there. And from that day forward, you know what? God started to remind me. He started to remind me the things that he deposited in my heart when I was young. He deposited it in me through my grandfather. You're going to be a pastor. You're going to be a pastor. I have no idea how I became a pastor. I don't know. It just happened. I didn't try, man. I didn't. All I did was I just followed the Lord. But God led me. It is because, you know what? He honors. He honors like like things that you dedicate to Him when you're young. He loves that. He loves, he loves it when young people give their, give their heart to Him. And He will honor that. So how do, I, how do you hear from the Lord? How do I hear from the Lord? It's not, it's not difficult. First thing you have to do, you got to drown out the things that are just talking in your ear all the time. There's so many things that are just talking in your ear. And it's nonsense, man. Drown it out. I know there's some things that are important. Your friends, yes. Oh, yeah, what'd you do with it? That's good. There's a whole lot of other stuff that's just drowning in your face. Buy this. Wear this. Act like this. You guys know it, man. You guys see it. You guys feel it when you walk down the street. They think you're like this. You should be like this. Drown that out, drown it out. Listen to worship music. Listen to sermon. Listen to my podcast. Yeah. Drown it out, man. Also, you guys have to repent. This is a this is a easy. This is this is very easy, but very difficult. You gotta turn. You gotta turn from sin. You gotta turn to God. You, know, you don't have to be clean to repent. Everybody thinks like when you repent, you got to get your, we got to go wash yourself. I got to go and wash some of this, this stank off of me before I go to God. You know, you wear something nice. No, man. God wants you to come exactly the way you are. We some of you guys feel like, man, I have things in my heart. If God heard, he'd be like, oh, <laughs> no, man. He died for the sins of the world. Every disgusting thing that man has done, he knows it all. Man, you, you're, whatever you got, can't freak him out. We feel like that. We feel like, man, I gotta, I gotta, like, have like, like seven days of like being all right before I can go before the Lord. No, man, you go before him humble, with what you got. God, this is me. I, I messed. I just, I need you. And repenting is not not doing. This is my sermon for tomorrow. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say this. But repenting is not just turning from sin, man. It's facing God. And there's a lie of the enemy that says when we sin, we're far from the Lord. That's, what, that's the lie of the enemy. You know that? God said, God said, blessed are the poor in spirit for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. The poor in spirit means broken. It means broken, realizing, man, I can't save myself, man. The lie is that when we sin, we're far from the Lord. But the truth is, he's closer. You know that? Repenting, it's not not hard. But it has to be true. It doesn't take a ceremony. You don't have to get all dolled up and do things, present things to the Lord. You just give him your heart. God, this is my heart. This is my heart. I know it's dirty. I know I I broke it and I messed it up. But I'm just going to give it to you. And you know what? God, He made your heart, man. He could fix it like that. Turn to God. Allow God to reign in every area of your life. Like there's a certain area. God, I saw so too dirty. You know, just here. This, I, and all these nice things I'm doing with Emmaus. Yeah, look at that. But no, 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 no give, you got to give Him everything, man. You got to let every area in your in your heart, man. There's a bunch of rooms in your heart. You got to open it all up. In Korea, that means like, I don't know what that means. You got to shake it out, man. Because there's nothing that God's going to get freaked out by in your heart. Because you know what? He knows everything. <laughs> he knows everything. You got to give him your heart, man. God loves you young people. And when I say, I get to say that because I'm old, man. In 1 Timothy 4.12, it says, Let no one despise you for your youthfulness, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, faith, and purity. You guys can start setting an example right now. As, as, As you start to follow the Lord and start to turn your heart to the Lord, man, you can set an example right now. You might be asking, How does this fit the theme of Maranatha? Jesus is coming back soon. we don't know when, but when when we look around, your your generation is coming of of age in a world that is becoming more and more hostile to God. More and more undermining the Word of God. You're coming of age into a world where more and more people, not just don't go to church, but they despise the church. They despise Christians. You're coming into a world that's more and more calling bad good and good bad. You guys... My very will be the generation in charge when Jesus comes back to see the tribulation. And God is saying, I need this generation. I need them to hear me now when they're young. Because there's going to be a time when they're going to stand and they're going to get persecuted. Oh, yeah, it's coming. But they're going to draw back to what God deposited in them when they were young. I need them to take themselves seriously. I'm going to tell you, man, the word Maranatha is not an easy word to say. And I'm going to preach on this tomorrow, but it's not a word that we can take lightly. It's a word birthed from persecution and one that will usher in persecution. For old people, it's easy to say it. Even if you're 67, oh, Lord, come! My back hurts. Come, Lord Jesus. For people your age, for people your age to truly understand the word and cry out, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. That's something else. When people that have their whole life ahead of them, a bright and shining future, careers, a job, new cars, having babies, and despite all that, You cry out, even so, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. That touches God's heart. It touches Him in the heart. He touches Him in a way that I can't touch Him anymore. That's why He loves people your age. He's so into you guys, man. He's speaking to you right now. Things that you can only hear now. Calling for devotion that only people your age can hear Because you guys are at that peak of freshness. And he's asking, are you listening? He's sending out a frequency for your ears at this age, at this time, for you to hear. Samuel heard it, but Eli didn't. He couldn't. And what you hear can radically change the next 40, 50 years of your life. It may be even less if Jesus comes back soon. But he's saying, are you listening? Are you listening? Are your ears tuned to God? Are your hearts tuned to God? But he's talking to you now. Now, when you're young. He doesn't think that you... You guys aren't like second class. You guys aren't just like, Oh, let them entertain them while the old people get all holy. No, man. He's focused on you. His eyes and his heart is on you. I went way over time. I'm sorry. I want us to pray. I want you guys to close your eyes.